1 Thessalonians 5, 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. I love that verse. For God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Verse 14, notice. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, and see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. That was Sunday's message. And then verse 16 and 17. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. From what I'm studying here in the Word of God, if, if I'm going to be an encourager, if you're going to be an encourager, if we're going to, to exhort one another daily, then we're going to have to warn those that are unruly. We're going to have to comfort the feeble-minded. We need to support the weak. We need to be patient toward all men. And we do not ever need to return evil for evil. But it don't stop there. The thought continues. I want to look at rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the study time today. I thank you, Lord, for all your blessings in our life. I love you because you love us. You first loved us. I love you, Lord, because you saved us. You've sealed us. And Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells in our lives. Help me for this next few minutes of time. Fill me with your spirit. Speak to us through your word, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Rejoice. <laughs> rejoice evermore. Boy, did I learn a valuable lesson today on rejoicing. Rejoicing. <laughs> I'll share it with you. Let me get me a sip of this water. The Lord has taught me something today. I didn't realize what he was teaching me till just now. He said, I taught you this today. I've been studying today on rejoicing. A, a encourager, 
A encourager, no doubt, is a rejoicing person. You believe that? It's hard to be an encourager if you're not cheerful. It's hard to be an encourager if you've always got the pooch mouth. It's hard to be an encourager if you can't even smile. I mean, if you're mad as the devil at everything going on around you and you try to encourage someone, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, write it down, it won't work. It's just not going to work. But then, uh, how, do we, how do we rejoice evermore? How do we rejoice evermore? I believe the reason that I've never really understand or understood, excuse me, the thought of the verse of rejoicing evermore, I believe the reason is because I don't know what to rejoice over. I don't know what to rejoice over. I, I was taught a lesson today, and it was actually has just happened. It's just happened. As a man in my house, I love to be able to fix things. I love it when I can fix it. And uh, I was headed over here last night for prayer, told these men would try to go up on the mountain. I was driving my wife's car on the way over here, and the temperature gauge just bottomed out to max temp, and, and then it went back up. And then it come up on the screen, engine overheating. So I said, I better turn around and go back to the house. So I, I turned around, and I, on the way home, it kept doing that. The gauge kept bottoming out, and then it'd go this way, and it'd go that way. So I got home, made a couple of phone calls, and I was advised that the temperature sensor had went bad. So I said, okay. So I studied today. I studied today on these verses what the Lord dealt with me about. I studied today on these verses, rejoice evermore. And I finished studying. Uh, I told the wife, I said, I'm going to run the parts store. I'm going to fix your car. So I went to the parts store, got the little part, come home, took the old off, put the new on, plugged it back in, started it up. Boom, it was fixed. And you know what I did, Brother Don? I walked around like this today. Whoa! I fixed it. I fixed the car. I told Tina, I said, honey, your car's fixed. She stimes. I am, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud that you fixed that car. I said, I told her this. I said, you know how good it feels that I did that myself? Rejoice evermore. And on the way to church tonight, it started doing it again. <laughs> so, something ain't right. It was fine that we got right down here, and then it goes, engine overheating. I pulled in. It's not overheating. So there's something going on with it. And then all of a sudden, sitting right here, I just go completely brain dead. I'm thinking, oh, man, I, I don't feel like I'm ready to preach. I feel like I'm kindly a little anxious feeling. And then when I'm praying, the Lord dealt with me and said, the reason why people don't understand rejoice evermore is because you're trying to rejoice in the wrong things. You're, you're putting all of your rejoicing. See, because it, to rejoice means to be well. 
It means to be joyful, and it means to be cheerful. And I've been so cheerful today until we made the turn right there, and then all of a sudden, all of my cheerfulness vanished, and all went away. And I have been studying today on what does it mean? How? What's a rejoicing person? What is a person who can rejoice? Hmm. Psalm 15, 13 says, A merry heart that's joyful, that's glad, that's rejoicing. A merry heart, you know what it does? It maketh a cheerful countenance. And by some of your countenance, <laughs> oh, you think your car's tore up. Because a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. By sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. You know what that spirit of broken means? It means your breath is oppressed. It means you're burdened, and it means you are not only oppressed, but it means you are depressed. Depressed. What do I have to rejoice over? As I'm preaching this message to be an encourager, and an encourager is someone who rejoices, but the question of the night is, what do I have to rejoice over? Cars tore up. <laughs> I've been working on something at home. I'm not going to get into that. And it was pretty much everything was good. But then I went and spent another load of money to make it better. And now it's worse. <laughs> so the question is, if I'm going to be an encourager, what do I need to rejoice over? What am I going to rejoice about tonight? I'm not going to stand up here and say, I'm so glad that Tina's car still tore up. I love it because I hate it. I'm not going to say I'm glad that I spent some more money on something and instead of it being better, at this point right now it's worse. I am not, I can't rejoice over that. But what can I rejoice over? And you're sitting here tonight and you say, yeah, the Bible says rejoice evermore, but what can I rejoice over? You ready? Write this down. Write down Luke 10, 20. Remember when the disciples come back and as all excited and Jesus said, notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you. But he said, if you want to rejoice over something, he says, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, I can't rejoice over a car. I can't rejoice over worldly things, but I can stand up here. Although all of those things is not good right now, but I can still stand here and rejoice and praise the Lord and have joy in my soul and a smile on my face. You know why? Because my name, Keith Watkins, is written in heaven tonight. I'm saved, amen? I can rejoice over that. When everything else seems to be going a little bit wrong, which it ain't nothing major, 
But when, every, when other little things seem to be going wrong, but isn't it amazing it's the little things that robs you of your joy? Isn't it amazing it's the little things that tries to rob us of our peace? But you know what? I can rejoice tonight. I can rejoice forevermore because I'm saved tonight. If you're saved, say amen. amen. i give you something to rejoice about. If you're saved, smile. Amen. You ought to be able to smile because your name is written in heaven. You can rejoice in salvation. Jesus said, hey, look, don't rejoice over your works. And he even says this. Don't even rejoice over the ministry that I've given you. He says, but rejoice because you're saved and your names is written in heaven. Something to rejoice about. Philippians 4, 3, help those that labored with me in the gospel whose names are in the book of life. Hebrews 12, 22 and 23, the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. Revelation 21, 27, only ones in heaven are they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. I can be joyful because I'm saved and my name is written in heaven. You say, I don't have anything to smile about, preacher. I don't have anything to rejoice about. There's a lot going on in my life. You can rejoice because you're saved. And I don't know about you, but I've never read that when my name was written in heaven, I never read where there's a big old eraser going to come and erase it away. I can be joyful because I'm saved. Then it don't stop there. I've got another reason that I can rejoice. Deuteronomy 12, 7, Rejoice all you that put your hand to ye and your household. He said, The Lord thy God has blessed thee. Deuteronomy 12, 7, The Lord thy God has blessed thee. And you can rejoice because everything that you put your hand to and your household has been blessed. He said, you can rejoice over that because the Lord's blessed you. If the Lord's blessed your household, say amen. Amen. If the Lord's blessed the things that you've put your hands to in in the past, say amen. Amen. Got a lot to rejoice over tonight. I mean, you know, life is, is crazy sometimes. And a lot of this thing has to do with the choice that I make on how I'm going to handle it. Do you believe that? I can walk in here tonight and I can be like, "Ah, my goodness, oh man. And that's kind of the way I walked in. But I ain't leaving that way. (laughs) I am not leaving that way because I'm saved. My name's written in heaven. I'm not leaving that way tonight because I can rejoice because the Lord has blessed my home. The Lord's blessings has been on my home. His blessings has been on my home ever since the day that we moved in that home. God's been good to us. Has He been good to you? Then you can rejoice. I've been blessed. I wrote it down. I put it in parentheses. I've been blessed. Me and my household has been blessed. Psalm 511. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Did you know that my hope, that word trust means hope, 
It means refuge. It means protection. It means a place inaccessible to an enemy. It says, let them ever shout for joy. (laughs) Did you know? Because thou hast defended them. You know, there's been times in my life that I didn't even realize it. As I studied about David, said that the Lord was his shield and his buckler. That means that the Lord has always went before us. And the psalmist teaches us that the Lord is in front of us. He's behind us and he has his hand on us. And how many times has the Lord defended us and we didn't even know that he was there? I can rejoice over that tonight. I like what uh, Dana Williams said one time when he was here. He said, I've experienced God's mercy and his grace over a thousand times today. He said, because every car I passed on the way to church, he said, it's God's mercy and his grace that it didn't hit me and my family and kill us. God's defended us and God's been good to us. Amen. He said, let them ever shout for joy. He said, he said, a shout for joy means a sound to shout. It means to sing aloud for joy. Let them also love thy name. Be joyful in thee. Albert Barnes says, you should give every proper expression to the feeling of joy by singing, by praise, and by gratitude. You know what I can do tonight? I can rejoice, I can sing, and I can shout because the Lord has watched over me. I'm telling you, man, I don't see how the Scripture teaches us to rejoice evermore. I think the reason why we have such a hard time with rejoicing evermore is because we're trying to rejoice over the wrong things. When I try to rejoice over stuff, stuff's going to tear up. When I try to rejoice over a pretty day, it's going to rain. Amen? When I try to rejoice because I wake up that day and I feel good, it never fails. I'm going to bend over and hurt my back. Because I'm always trying, I am always trying to rejoice over the wrong things. But I can rejoice I'm saved. (laughs) I can rejoice because I'm blessed. I can rejoice because he has protected me. I've got a lot to thank him for tonight. I can sing. You might not want to hear it, but I can. I know another song besides I Just Want to Be a Sheep. I know Amazing Grace. I can sing it at the top of my lungs, whether it sounds good or not. Amen. Amazing Grace. I can do it, son. How sweet the sound. You know why I can sing that? Because he's been good to me. I can sing. I can rejoice, and I can even, God is good, woo, I can even shout. I was down at Jackson and Natalie's yesterday evening. Jackson turned 45 yesterday at his birthday and 29. I'm trying to get y'all to listen, see if y'all are listening. Y'all not making a peep. We went down there for a little bit, and, and I got down the floor and played with the little girls. And, and when we was leaving, we stopped in front of the house, and, and the girls were standing on the porch. And when they were standing there, me and Tina started clapping in the car. We was clapping, and little Marie Kate was looking over the banister on the porch. And we said, God is good. And we went, woo! And she just went. <laughs> when we drove off. 
And if there's anything I want my grandbaby girls, my grandbaby girl, and my grandbaby boy to know, is that Mima and Pat can clap their hands and they can scream, God is good, and they can shout, and we don't have to do it in the church house. We can do it at our house. We can do it at their house, and we can do it at their house. You know why? Because I can rejoice because the Lord's been good to me. Are you with me tonight? An encourager is a rejoicer. An encourager has a smile on their face. Well, I can sing, I can rejoice, I can shout because the Lord's watched over me. Next, then we'll move on. I'm about done. I'm about halfway finished. Zechariah 9, 9, rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly, riding upon an ass and upon a colt, foul. Matthew 21. You know what Zechariah 9, 9 says? It's the prophecy scripture of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the donkey. And he says, you know what you can do? You, you know what you can do, daughters of Zion? You know what you can do, daughters of Jerusalem? You can shout and you can rejoice because the Messiah is coming. You and I can shout and rejoice because the Messiah has come. And because the Messiah has come, he has extended salvation to whosoever will. I ain't got a whole lot to shout about tonight, preacher. I ain't got a whole lot to smile about. If you knew everything I've been through, if you knew where I was at, let me tell you something to shout about. Let me tell you something to rejoice over. Jesus, the Messiah, the very King of kings and the Lord of lords, has come and he has died and he has rose again and he has risen. And he is sitting on the right hand of the Father ever making intercession for you and I. Amen. <laughs> oh! A reason, I, I tell you, I believe the reason a lot of times I can't rejoice is I'm trying to rejoice over all the wrong things. All the wrong things. An encourager. We have lots to rejoice over. Is your name written in heaven? Are you saved? Has the Lord been good to you? Has he blessed what you put your hands to? Has he blessed your household? Is Jesus, has he come? Amen? I've got a lot to rejoice over. He's been my defense. He's been my protector. Not only that, but an encourager is a praying person. Rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. Boy, my wife, she, she received a... Uh, a devotion today from a pastor's wife. And I believe, Miss Vicky, you get those same devotions from that same pastor's wife. And my, my wife sit and read me this devotion, and man, it was powerful. It was a devotion on the broken down altars and, and prayer and how special that was. And I've been thinking about that a little bit today. But I was thinking about a praying person, not, not going to share any of that devotion in this last thought. But how important is a praying person? If I am going to be an encourager, if, if I am going to encourage you, or if you're going to encourage me, and, and I can't have a smile on my face and it be real, if, if you're around someone long enough, you can see a real smile and you can see a fake smile. And, and it wears me out to see a fake smile. You good? Hmm. I'm like, 
<laughs> I mean, it's so obvious that it's fake. And if we're going to encourage one another, we're going to have to rejoice. We're going to have to have joy in our souls. We can't be all dried up on the Somebody needs to be alive. Amen? Going to have to have some life about you. Man, we're living in a time right now, people just don't have much life about them. Maybe we ought to get up and jog around a time or two and sit back down. We need some life about us. Amen? God's been good to you. And we need some praying people. How are we going to be able to talk to the Lord? What's a, does anyone know the best way to talk to the Lord? Can you think of any better way than praying? See, if, if, if you're a praying person, Matthew 7, 7, prayer is how, prayer is how things shall be given. Do you understand that, Matthew 7, 7? Prayer through prayer is the way that things are given. Do you realize Matthew 7, 7? Prayer is how you shall find. That's how you find things. It's through prayer. And prayer is how things shall be opened unto you. Because if you, if you ask, it'll be given. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, it shall be opened unto you. So prayer is what gives. Prayer is what helps you to find. And prayer is how things are opened. If I'm going to be an encourager and you're going to be an encourager, we're going to have to pray. We're going to have to pray one for another. Matthew 26, 41, it says, Prayer keeps you from entering into temptation. Prayer keeps you from going into areas that you don't need to be in. It's so hard to be an encourager if you're off track. It's so hard to be an encourager if you don't pray. It's so hard to be an encourager if you can't ever smile. It's so hard to be an encourager if you don't have any life in your soul and in your spirit. If you're walking around down all the time with your lip dragging ditches in the dirt and you look at somebody and you say, it sure is good to be saved. <laughs> They're going to say, yeah, boy. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, boy. I can't get away from it. And the Lord's dealt with me ever since that crazy car messed up again. The Lord dealt with me hard again. You know what? You're rejoicing over the wrong things. Pray. Rejoice and pray. Pray and rejoice. Pray, pray without ceasing. Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means not to be weak and not to be weary, but to pray. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always. Perseverance, that's persistence and continuance. And supplication, that's petition and request, entreaty and urgent and earnestly Praying always, perseverance, continuance and persistence, supplication, request, entreaty, urgent and earnest. Why? For all saints. Listen, if I am consistently, I'll use Mike and Rachel for an example. If I am consistently calling your names out in prayer, 
consistent with it. Not just when I see you. Dwayne, your family, if I am consistent in my prayer life and I'm calling you and your wife and your kids name out in prayer consistently, it won't be no trouble for me to come along your way and encourage you and to be able to speak the things to you that God knew that you needed and he showed it in prayer. You with me? But if I'm not praying... Then how do I know how to how do I know to encourage you if I'm not praying? How do I even know what to say to you if I'm not praying? Hey, how you doing? You look good today. That's really awkward saying that to another man. <laughs> hey, how you doing, brother? Things good with you? Amen. Brother Don. When I'm in my prayer closet and I'm saying, God, help Brother Don and Miss Shirley. God, touch their family. Give them peace. Direct their paths. Let me be able to speak a word to them to encourage them. There is no telling what God might lay on my heart just to come to you and say, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Amen. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I went to a wedding, had wedding rehearsal Friday and a wedding this past Saturday, and there was this man. I knew who he was, but I can't remember ever talking to him before. And he walked up to me and he said, he walked up to me and he said, Pastor Keith, I said, hey, how you doing? And Tina's been teaching me, if you don't know someone, at least try to act like you do. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you remember me? I was like, man, yeah, how you been? And I remembered him, but I could not call his name for anything. And he said, well, my name is, and he told me. And all of a sudden, I looked at him, and his face just, he, was, he just broke out all over in a sweat. It was like his face forehead and his face just got covered, lathered in sweat. And he looked down at the ground and he looked back up at me and he goes, I don't know why, but I am so nervous talking to you. And I was like, don't be nervous talking to me. I said, don't be nervous talking to me. I said, you'll go outside? He said, yeah. We went outside and this man is in his 50s and he said, I just, I just feel like I needed to tell you something. He said, my whole Christian life, I have struggled. But he said, just in the last five years, has God done something for me? And he said, spiritually, just now in the last five years of my life, have I started growing in Christ? And I don't know whether he thought that I knew or I don't know what. You don't ever know what people think. Just because you're a preacher, people think that you know everything about them. I don't know nothing about the guy. And then he asked me this. He said, does brother so-and-so still come to Pleasant Hill? I said, he does. He said, you would not believe how many times that man would show up at my work and he would encourage me. And he would, he would say to me things that there is no way he could have known except God showed him. And said he would... He would get me so fired up about living for Jesus. 
and said, that man is an encourager. And I, and, and I hadn't had a chance to talk to him. I hadn't seen him. I've moved away. I'm not even going to tell you where he moved away to. I've moved away. And I come back for this wedding. And he said, I need to call that man and let him know. Well, as I was praying today, do you believe that an, an encourager is a rejoicing person? Do you believe an encourager is a praying person? Well, as I was praying today, the Lord dealt with me about this message, but the Lord also dealt with me to call the man that he was talking to me about. The Lord dealt with me, said, call him and you encourage him. So I called him. And I said, hey, I want to let you know that I run into this guy, and this was his name. And I want to let you know that he said you was one of the most encouraging people that he had ever met. And he said, thank you for calling and telling me that. And I thank the Lord that during my prayer time, he dealt with me to call him to tell him that. You say, I want to be an encourager. Well, I want to be an encourager too. Sometimes I, I almost get tired of struggling, and I want to be an encourager for people. I want to be an encouraging pastor. I want to be an encouraging husband. And I want to be an encouraging dad and papa. And I want to be an encouraging friend. I'm saying this in the order that it means the most to me. I want to be an encouraging husband. I want to be an encouraging dad and encouraging papa. I want to be an encouraging friend, and then I want to be an encouraging pastor. And when people see me coming, I do not want people to say, oh, no, there comes Brother Keith. <laughs> hey, 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 man, how you been? I'll be right back. I'll be back. I want to be an encourager. If I'm going to be an encourager, then I need to start rejoicing over things that really matter. And the things in life that don't really matter, I need to quit letting them get me so down. Because when I'm down, I am not going to encourage anyone. You know why? Because all I'm consumed about is me. Me, 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 me. But if I rejoice over the right things, I'm so concerned over all of you. I get so concerned over everyone else. You with me? And when I'm praying, the Lord, the Lord will show you when you're praying. Is anyone interested in being an encourager? I hope so. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people needing some encouragement. <laughs>